The first reading brought back memories of being in Palestine, being in the Holy Land, Jerusalem specifically, um, because there is a section in which they, the Jews venerate the tomb of David. And it's funny, you go down this little uh, alley-like, it's a beautiful area, but it's, it's enclosed, it's kind of quiet, and there on the left is like a synagogue, and the area that they venerate, the tomb of David. David was the great king of Israel. As you walk down that aisle, there's steps, and the steps lead to the upper room that we all know about from the Last Supper and from the, um, the Pentecost event. And so that whole area is like very special. Now, the upper room was vener uh, renovated by the, the Crusaders in the middle, century, middle Ages, so it doesn't look authentically of the period of Jesus. It has Gothic arches and so on, but it's still venerated as a special place. So that whole alley is very holy to Jews and Christians alike. And whenever I hear things about Jerusalem and, and our ancestors from the Hebrew scriptures, of course, there's a little more of a tinge of sadness because of what's going on in the Middle East right now between the people of Israel and the people of Palestine. And I always want to re remind us that the Palestinians, I mean, Jesus was a Palestinian. The, the Palestinians are varied. They're Christian or Muslim. But there are a lot of Christian Palestinians and we have to pray for the peace in Palestine and Jerusalem. And the Palestinians are the ones who will sell all the artifacts. There's a piece on the, on the back window of Jesus carrying the cross. There's a little statue there at the entrance of Jesus carrying the lamb, all made of olive wood. This is not a sales pitch, just to show you, you know, the familiarity we have with being there. But of course, during the troubles that are going on now, all that's put on hold. So we pray for peace for people of Palestine, people of Jerusalem, people of Israel. And we even pray for those who are the culprits of this terrible war, those who started it. So many political attitudes about Jerusalem and Israel having strength and the Palestinians having no strength and being confined to a certain area. That's not the, the work of Israel. It's the work of, and I'm not blaming, the UN in the 1940s when the area was divided and there was a Palestinian area and a Jewish area. Um, many popes have called for a one-state solution. Again, this is not political, so I'm not going to voice my own opinion as to what is best, but a one-state solution would unite all that area, but a one-state solution would mean cooperation, a great deal of cooperation. Okay, today's homily is not about that. That's just to put it into a historical context. When we read the scriptures, we're there. I mean, we're there, and if, if we've been there, we're really activatedly there again. So the memories come back vividly, <clears throat> when we read this section of scripture about the death of David. 
It's a rather beautiful uh, section from the Book of Kings. David was put to rest with his ancestors, and before he died, he left his kingdom to his son Solomon. David united all of Israel, all the tribes, and he was the great leader. And we use his name often in reference to Jesus, because Jesus was a descendant of David, the house of David. So remember the, the, the announcement of the angel Gabriel to Mary. You know, your son is going to be born a member of the house of David. Joseph was a member of the house of David. So when Jesus was born of Mary and Joseph by the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment came true. Okay, so that's, where, that's who we are worshiping, Jesus Christ, from his roots in the Holy Land. But today the scriptures are a challenge, and with Lent starting in a few weeks, like 15 days, happened this year it's falling on Valentine's Day, so it's going to be very interesting as uh, people receive hearts and candy and flowers to fast. I'm not going to tell them what to do. They have to use their own conscience. But Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day, February 14th this year. But before that, let's look at the scriptures. And Jesus is sending his, his soldiers, his apostles, on a mission. And the mission is to heal, to bring word of God, to, to bring forgiveness to people. And even while he's teaching that, and he's saying, rely on the people you, you preach to. Don't take money, don't take supplies. Just go and preach the word. And if they welcome you, stay there. Okay, that's good. If they don't welcome you, and there's a funny little gesture he talks about, wipe the dust off your feet as a, as a, a sign against them. And that's, you know, just imagine if you're on the ground, you go like that, like very much like dogs do after they do their business. They, they hit the dust off their feet. Well, that's a sign of what would the Italians would say, like that. It's a sign against the people, okay? Um, a curse, eh, maybe like a curse. But have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with the people who reject you. This is Jesus talking to his apostles. He was preparing them for rejection. He was preparing them for healing. He was pre preparing them for preaching. So he, he basically, and think about Jesus talking to us. Basically, get yourselves together. Be firm. Be focused. And bring the word out there. I mean, he could be talking to the apostles. He could be talking to us preaching that way. Now, all of us, when we leave here, leave the church, the physical building of the church, we are still the church, and we're encouraged to bring God's word out and to heal one another. As you know, I have Mass on Tuesdays at the main church in, on uh, Manhattan, and every Tuesday after Mass, we have the sacrament of anointing of the healing. And it used to start with a few people, and now it's, it's crowds come. It's It's wonderful. Because not only is the Eucharist celebrated, but at the end of the Eucharist, we celebrate another sacrament, the anointing of the, and healing of the sick. And that comes right here, right from the scriptures. So we're encouraged by Jesus, and then in the letter of James, we're told by James, people are sick, gather together, pray over them, and anoint them with, with oil in the name of the Lord. So we're still doing that. I mean, it's, it's interesting how today's scriptures root us in the past, before Jesus, and update us through Jesus' teaching 
and the apostles to today. So we're still sent on a mission, all of us. This is not just Jesus talking to the apostles. Yes, it, he was talking to the apostles. That's why Mark recorded this as a memory, as, as the gospel. I forget, Mark is the, the author of the first gospel. Mark is the one who uses that word, good news, gospel, to spread the word of Jesus. So we're sent to be off to preach repentance and drive out demons. And we say, oh, I don't have the power to do that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Wherever we reject evil, we're driving out demons. Whenever we do good, instead of returning eye for an eye, tooth for the tooth, old-fashioned, Old Testament, you know, vengeance, we're doing good. We're doing God's word. Jesus even tells us to be hospitable and go visit people. And we do that with the, with the sacrament. People are sick, we go to the hospital, we go to the, uh, the uh, homes, wherever they are. Because we're still doing the mission of Jesus. And now we come back to ourselves. Today we're praying for Carol on her birthday and a friend of mine in Wayne, Eleanor, on their birthday. We take significant days in each of our lives and we offer them to God. Jesus encouraged us to do that then. 2,000 years ago. And as I put prayers before God today, asking him to heal my niece, who's finished one round of her, her therapy, of physical and, and uh, chemotherapy, um, we're still praying for healing for Kim. But we've, we've been doing that since the beginning. See, it's our mission to take care of each other. It's our mission to pray for each other. It's our mission to, to bring forgiveness and peace to each other. And it's also our mission, as, as the nuns used to teach us, to avoid sin. Remember? Person, places, and things. Just get away from them. Pers persons and places of, and things that can lead you into sin. Jesus told them, hey, don't hang around with sinners. You, you can go there, you can forgive them, and you can. but if they don't accept the word, turn around, move it, get, get out. Because you don't need to be inundated by hate and anger and sin. So today's simple gospel, the shortest gospel from Mark, packs a wallop of a message, the message that we still hold on to.